telling stories from the EGA Clubhouse. Hi, everybody, and welcome to the next EGA's podcast. The series is Telling Stories from the Clubhouse, and today we are going to talk about global going local. So that's a big subject, and we have prestigious guests today, uh, and I'm going to let them introduce themselves. We have GOT, Wayne, and Daniel. So I'm your host, Jacques Barrault, VP of uh, Media and Interactive Entertainment at Transperfect. And Gioti, uh, do you want to introduce briefly yourself so we know who you are? Sure, Jack. Thank you. Thank you. Um, my name is Jyoti Nayak, and I work for Prime Focus Technologies as Executive Vice President for Content Localization and mm. Digital Media Services. Perfect. Thank you very much. Danielle? Hi. Hi, Jacques. I'm Danielle. I'm a director of business development at Transperfect, um, and I help oversee our localization uh, sales strategy for media and entertainment. Perfect. And finally, Wayne. Yes. Hi, guys. I'm Wayne Joshua Hershon. I am the CEO of Adrenaline Africa here in Cape Town, South Africa. Great. Uh, thank you very much, guys. So, um, we have everybody uh, involved with localization. Uh, Geodi and uh, Wayne are more in the in the localization production, and Daniel is uh, more in the business development. So that's going to give us a nice uh, a nice variety of uh, opinion and angles. So I would like to start by uh, giving our auditors a few facts. So going global with local, uh, it can go in any sense. In most of the time, it goes from English to other countries, but it can go also from different countries to English or to any language, by the way. So just a few, a few numbers. So Hollywood is making approximately 300 movies a year and worldwide is bringing $43 billion a year. Bollywood is making 2,000 movies a year and bringing approximately $2.8 billion a year. Um, and we can note that Bollywood is mainly for the Indian market, but Jyoti is going to talk uh, more about that. And Nollywood, which is uh, a huge industry uh, in uh, Nigeria, that's why the name Nollywood is making also around 2,000 movies a year and bringing 1.2 billion. Uh, it's interesting to note that most of this content are uh, low budget videos. And that's why, uh, despite the huge number of movies, the revenues are way less than uh, Bollywood or Hollywood. So now, first question for everybody. Besides Hollywood, we can see a huge number of local production, like an explosion of local production. When did we start? Uh, and what is the trend? So, Jyoti, um, uh, it's not really for you uh, talking about India. It's not really a, a new explosion because Bollywood exists for a long time. But give us a little bit the trend and where all these movies are going. 
Um, if you ask me, it all began with the advent of television itself. You know, um, local television stations, networks began producing content tailored to local audiences, including news and drama and variety of shows. But as the uh, global entertainment industry expanded, uh, collaborations and co-productions between different countries became more and more allowing uh, for the creation of content that appealed to the wider, I would say, international audience. But, but it wasn't until about uh, 20th century uh, when we saw growth of local production through cable as well as satellite broadcasting. Uh, and then in 21st century, obviously, you know, witnessed a significant shift towards local production with the rise of digital platforms and streaming devices. Um, streaming giants like Netflix, Amazon Prime, and others began producing as well as distributing local content worldwide uh, to cater to you know audiences. That's how you know I would say stories go went global from one region to uh, another region. So, so do, do do you think that because of the of the platform, the OTT platform? you know, Netflix, Amazon, etc. Do you think because of that, the production was boosted so much? Uh, no, there were, the audience was available, wide variety and, you know, uh, the internet era where internet, everybody yeah. was consuming content on uh, uh, their TV as well as, you know, different devices, like including mobile devices. And the data packages became became cheaper and less and lesser exp inexpensive. So obviously, content consumption became more. You know, when there is a demand, there is obviously more and more production happens, right? Of course, very interesting. Uh, Wayne, you are in South Africa, but South Africa is Africa. So, and and uh, and I know you know the African market because I saw you in Cape Town at the last MIPCOM. So uh, tell us a little bit. Uh, you can talk about South Africa, of course, because you are located there. But uh, yeah. if you can tell us a little bit about the African continent in general, that would be great. Sure. Um, yeah. The, listen, the African uh, film industry is growing hell of a lot. It was. Um, COVID was a setback, so numbers fluctuate. There's no average, as you were saying here, altogether because of the downturn. But now there's a boom. There's a hell of a boom. Um, the direct contribution uh, of the film industry to the economy of South Africa, I think, is projected at about $3.86 billion per year. Um and there's indirect another about one billion, so I would imagine, um, and then another three billion from, um, or two point three billion from uh, contributions. So it's probably around about seven point eight billion rand, uh, yes, per year at the moment. But it is growing very quickly. Um, I'm seeing a lot more filming in South Africa. I mean, our our production crews are unbelievable here. Uh, some of the best in the world, but we need to contribute more to our own filmmaking, in my opinion. Interesting. Uh, and are you following a little bit what's going on in the other countries in uh, in Africa, like uh, like I don't know North Africa, uh, um, West Africa, East Africa? 
because you have uh, so many languages in Africa. I mean, the same thing in India. We can talk about uh, the number of languages a little bit later. Uh, so um, that adds to the complexity of the, of the distribution, obviously. Absolutely. I mean, 2,000 languages and above and dialects in Africa. So it's a lot. <laughs> we, yeah. we already, we, in South Africa alone, we have 11 official languages. Uh, and actually 16, not official, but 11 official languages in South Africa alone. So the, yeah, there's a lot of different languages in Africa. Great. Uh, Daniel, uh, Hollywood. So Hollywood, the, the only thing we can talk about Hollywood, because obviously Hollywood is like uh, practically 80% of the global market worldwide, uh, big industry. Uh, $43 billion a year, so it's huge. But uh, I think the the last uh, strike uh, was pretty damaging for the, for the industry in the States. And do you have some, uh, do you have some information about that? Did the, did the production uh, uh, start again? Uh, when I was, uh, I was visiting my ex-colleague from Warner Brothers because uh, everybody practically knows that I did most of my career in uh, in uh, in Warner in uh, in Los Angeles, and uh, I was visiting the lot in uh, in in this summer, and and the Warner lot was empty. Uh, it was uh, yeah. it, it was really amazing. Uh, so what's going on in Hollywood? Do you have some uh, news for us? Uh, well, the strikes are finally over, so Hollywood is is going to be back probably after the holidays, which is really exciting. But um, yeah, I mean, these past, what is it, seven, eight months, we really haven't been putting out anything save for reality and, and comedy specials. So it's it's been a really interesting year for, for Hollywood um, and for movies in general. Um, I think I, I wouldn't be surprised if we start seeing more non-English content being pushed towards um, us on streaming services by studios um to kind of fill the gap that we didn't get from new production in, in hollywood these past you know seven eight months oh interesting so the dub of local content in uh, in english would compensate the the lack of uh, uh, production from the from last year so that's interesting because about 49 to 50 percent of indian original content is now being dubbed in english as well so that's uh, yes that's huge so is it mainly for us or for any english-speaking country because you have a lot of speaking uh, english-speaking countries in the world uh any english-speaking country including india alone because even within india we have so many languages officially we have 22 languages but you know there are about 200 plus languages spoken within india so it is obvious that one source or original audio needs to be dubbed into either English or any other Indian languages. And English English is most commonly spoken in, in India. So it is it is very uh, obvious that you know we can consume English content as well within India. So there is a, obviously a huge difference between the states and India or Africa uh, because in, in America, we speak one country <laughs> and it's English. So that's very simple. Uh, in Africa, we speak uh, a zillion of languages and in India, the same. 
So uh, my question, mostly to to GOT and Wayne, do you think that uh, this huge number of uh, languages is is a problem to to export something? Or to or to dub something because you have so many languages. Uh, it, it, at the end, it's becoming a problem because you don't have one unified way of communicating. Uh, Jyoti, do you want to start? I don't say that. I mean, um, having really grown in India now, I live in Singapore though. Uh, I've never felt that because pretty much everybody uh, right at the schooling starts speaking in English. And, and Hindi is, is, is another language which is commonly spoken across India. So there are there are state-specific languages, uh, and then there is a national language, which is Hindi, of course. So a lot of people converse in you know multiple languages in India. I mean, being guru, uh, you know grown up in the southern part of India, I can fluently speak about six to seven languages. So wow. that, that's wow. pretty much, you know, how it goes in India. People speak more and more languages. And of course, English and Hindi is very, very common. So I have never, ever felt, uh, you know, uh, there was a hindrance in terms of not being able to communicate to, you know, whenever I travel within India as well. Very interesting. Good to know. Uh, Wayne, what's going the, what is the situation in South Africa and a little bit in Africa in general? Yes. You know, in Africa, obviously, you have the main languages are Arabic, Swahili, um, Hausa, Yoruba, Amharic, French, and English. But let me say this, that English is definitely most understood, most widely spread amongst knowing all the different languages, all the different people, they're all 90% speak English as well. So that's that's a great thing. Um, but the preservation of languages is a beautiful thing. But definitely everyone can relate to English and can speak English. So there's not that much of a gap. If you need to dub stuff, if you need to do anything, English is understood just like everywhere else in the world. So it's and well understood and well spoken. Hmm, interesting. Uh, so, because I'm asking this question because you have basically two ways of uh, localizing content from a given country. Uh, either way, you control the, the localization yourself and you distribute it localized, or you trust your distributors and you let the distributor localized uh, in their country, in their languages. Uh, when I was a, 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 at Warner, Warner was controlling the, the, the Bing, but let's say uh, Lord of the Ring uh, from New Line uh, was handled by all the distributors. And, uh, and so you have advantages and disadvantages of the two ways of, of doing business. Uh, I remember I was handling the games there, and when I wanted to uh, do a big game about uh, Lord of the Rings, well, we could not find the stems because the distributors had the, all the tracks. And after I was I was uh, obliged to run after everybody to get the tracks, which is not the case for uh, for Warner, obviously. So. Um, obviously, having uh, having one one language helps uh doing 
you know, you, you control your business and you export it in the language you want. So if uh, South Africa, let's say, wants to, uh, or, uh, or Bollywood wants to export movies, most of the time, is it in English or it can be in other uh, languages? It, it should, it, it can be in English. It should also, I think, be in Zulu and Kosa and, well, is it Kosa, uh, Zulu and um, Swahili? But it can be in English, absolutely. I think that um, it would be really nice if it could. You know what I find is dubbing all around the world is done in, in a certain way. And, it, and it's very, very old in some parts of the world. And it's very new in, in, in most parts of the world. But yes, I've, I, I definitely, my personal opinion is we should be dubbing with English accents from original languages. It's so authentic. It's so lovely. That that should be much more of a trend instead of getting it Americanized or you know a British person. It's so nice if you get an African who is say Swahili but he's speaking English. It's so much more authentic. I find it's so you, lovely. You are absolutely right. This reminds me of I don't know what ten years, twelve years ago, uh, we Warner was releasing the letters from Hiroshima uh, from Clint Eastwood, you know, and the movie was done in Japanese. I don't know if you remember the movie. It was about the war, you know. So the whole movie is in Japanese, subtitled in English. But they made a deal with, uh, I think it was with AMC Network. And uh, Clint Eastwood rarely does that, but he authorized the movie to be dubbed in English. And, uh, and when we started the casting, Clint told us, try to get Japanese actor to speak English, which is exactly what you are saying. So we had a bunch of Japanese actors speaking English with a Japanese accent, and of course, it was much better on the on screen. You were more exactly. in the local uh, in the local Absolutely. culture. You're more Great. connected. You you more you more. Um, we're all human, and we want to connect. And and sometimes when it's just totally Americanized or whatever, it's not. You you're not. You, you're wondering where the people are from. You are when you hear instead of if you're going to not localize in in their language, at least use someone who, you know, is speaking English, of their original dialect being whatever. But it's that is that is the ultimate scenario. I think it's it's a very modern way of dubbing. And uh, Jyoti, uh, in India, so you have which kind of English? Do you have several several types of English, or it's only the what we call that english uh, i mean both i mean it depends upon how how you speak right uh, usually neutral english is uh, pretty much accepted uh, but then yeah. yeah english uh, is is widely spoken as well which also not only has the hindi accent but it also carries some nuances of how you translate from you know say uh, hindi to english so that's the you know the linguistic or cultural nuances of language that you know uh, uh, comes into uh, the English way of speaking. Interesting. Uh, and 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 Daniel, the last question is for you. Uh, when when you have to dub uh, some uh, external content to uh, to English for the states. 
where is it done most of the time? Uh, do you have uh, people in uh, Georgia or in uh, Mississippi doing that, or do you go to other, <laughs> other states? I exaggerate uh, I mean, a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, primarily English dubbing is going to be done in, in LA. There's some in New York, and then there's some in Miami, and there's a variety of different factors that will determine where you dub content. I mean, LA, obviously, it's Hollywood, so that's that's where a lot of the actors are, but you're the goal is to get a neutral accent that's going to work across the United States. Um, Miami tends to be a little bit less expensive, right? So if you want to dub uh, out of Florida, then 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 that's a that's a money saving metric. And then New York and, and LA are, are really just entertainment, um, you know, hubs around around uh, the U.S. I do really quickly want to go back to Wayne's uh, point about just the importance of authentic or authenticity in a dub. Um, yes. I think you. You talked about dubbing using the native accent, which I think is super, super important with authenticity. But it's also like important to just remember that dubbing in the US compared to pretty much everywhere else in the world is so new that Americans really aren't used to dub content yet. We're getting more used to it, right? They're, they're, we're really doing a lot of English dubbing, especially through streaming services that are starting to bring in more non-English content and pushing into American audiences. Um, but I yep. think I saw recently it's like 70 or 80 percent of Americans still tend to prefer a subtitle over a dub anyways, uh, which can produce even a more authentic experience for American viewers. So I, I always think that's interesting to kind of keep in mind. Interesting. interesting. This, is, this is great uh, and great remark. Thank you for that. Uh, you know, um, when I, I talk, I, I, I do a few conferences and I always say, uh, for me, U.S. is a new emerging market in dubbing because, you know, it, it's so new. Uh, like Daniel said, they have a lot of actors, so it's uh, maybe they start with a, a, a little bit of, uh, of bonus because they already have a bunch of actors who can be, uh, who can be trained in dubbing because dubbing and acting is a to, to are two different uh, arts, if you want, but uh, obviously they, are, they already have an advantage. Uh, interesting. Thank you for that. Talking about uh, talking about going uh, global with local. How do you guys make sure when you uh, dub in any direction? Uh, how to make? How do you make sure that? you export uh, or you adapt to your local culture. You know, I always say you don't dub to a language, you dub to a culture, obviously. You know, I, and I was very, uh, you know, I was a little bit frustrated when I was at, at Warner. I did a lot of uh, dubbing, obviously, for all the Warner content and the Cartoon Network content. But every time I was uh, running after the producer of the shows and I realized that Nobody thinks about the dub market because in uh, you know in uh, in Hollywood they think about the domestic version. Obviously, they have huge uh, pressure uh, to release on time because it goes live on TV. So you cannot really uh, you cannot really ask for a, a little delay of <laughs> a late delivery that doesn't exist. But you know they don't really think too much about uh, what's going to happen after the after the domestic version so 
when you dub or when you export your culture, how do you do that? How do you communicate that? Uh, let's start with Jyoti because uh, India is a, it's a big, uh, big country with a lot of different cultures on top of that. So, and Bollywood, I mean, these movies in Bollywood are so different from from what you can find even way in Europe where it's very intellectual you know the, the French movie the Spanish movie they talk a lot it's a very complex philosophical discussions in America it's more action and uh, and in India it's love story always you know? in, in India it's always love story about Bollywood which is a it's a very different type of content so how do you export your culture and you make the the, the birds all over the, the world understand what it is no no you, you're absolutely right you know um, each country has its strong points um, you know when it comes to local production of course going into an international market market has its own uh, uh, story and plethora coming along with it, right? Uh, and this shift is, you know, driven by the story itself, you know. Uh, do you resonate to a story, the culture, like Bollywood, for example, has so much to offer, the drama or the love angle or the, uh, or the dance and everything. Whole of the world actually looks for Bollywood for songs and dances. Right? You know, and, and then you always adapt to a, uh, another country's, I would say, culture uh, and, and like a lot of Bollywood songs get dubbed in international locations. You know, that gives a perspective that it is not just in India. We also show oh. international you know, locations. Say, for example, a song being shot in New York. And everybody in the US, United States will resonate it very easily. And to add to that, there is, you know, uh, the, the spice and masala, we call it. And then there is so much drama and, you know, everything associated with it. And, and I guess, you know, that's how you relate to another country when you go outside of your own, uh, you know, geography. So that's very interesting. You are recording all the songs because we know that you have so many songs in your movies. You are recording that on the, on the location or on the external so, location. So many, so many, yeah. That is really cool. Uh, you know, the States, I mean, in the US, uh, they did so many uh, musical uh, in the 50s and the 60s. But now it's a little bit, uh, it's a little bit less. The production of musical is, uh, um, it's really not, uh, not well developed these days. I don't know. It's because of the kids don't really care. I mean, the, or we, we can talk about uh, the American production a little bit later, uh, because I have some quotes from Disney that I want to share with my uh, colleague uh, Daniel. Uh, before Wayne, uh, tell us a little bit, how do you export the, the African culture or in your case, the South African culture somewhere when you have to, you know, explain to people what what is South Africa or what is Africa? Yes, sure. Well, we, I, I, I still find that we need to make, there's, a, there's this explosion of movies. We need to make films um, that are, that enrich our, culture and explain it in in and dumb it down a little bit to explain it to the international audience because we are 
kind of misunderstood. There's a, this is a very beautiful country. It's, it's such a rainbow nation. We have come a long way. And we need to, through our movies, explain this to people. There'll, there'll, be, there'll probably be a flood of movies that would open up these subjects to people, slowly explain them to them, and then we can sort of grow that from there. I think that we are um, very emerging, and I mean, we should, uh, we, there, is, there is a major influx of international um, investment coming into South Africa to make these kind of movies. But I think I think people don't understand South Africa as as well as they should. It, a lot of the news media has obviously portrayed us in a certain way, but we're very forward-thinking. We're very robust. We have, um, I mean, our development of technology is, is is really cool because it's it's been we we are we are so we were so underdeveloped. We're so new as as a baby almost that we are surging ahead with technologies, solar paneling, stuff like that. So our movies should, our first array of 100 movies or whatever should be explaining all these things to the international audience in a dumbed down version and then grow with the audience. I mean, that's how I, that's how I see it. Yeah, yeah, of course. Uh, now, uh, let's jump to the next question. Which kind of uh, content is uh, is the uh, is the preferred one to bring to the country to dub in the country or to export to other countries so i wanted to share with with uh, with daniel this quote from yesterday from uh, bob uh, eager from uh, the ceo of disney who was saying number one priority is turning around marvel acknowledges too many sequels after the box office misses so that's also something about uh america so talk about hollywood and how hollywood export movie in america and i i lived in the country for 30 years so i start thinking uh, now uh, obviously for a long time i think like an american in in this business uh so many superhero movies, uh, Spider-Man, uh, Batman, Superman, uh, Aquaman, and you know, you have so many. Uh, which, as a native European, uh, you know, I'm wondering why we have so many superheroes <laughs> in America. And uh, so how do you export the culture of the superheroes? And I'm sure uh, these are not the most uh, viewed movies over the world, you know. Uh, Daniel, uh, so what, what, do you, what do you say about this, this quote from, uh, from Disney? They, they recognize that they have too many sequels. Is there, uh, is there something that you heard in the Hollywood? Too many superheroes? Is there something I've heard in Hollywood about too many superheroes? Um, look, Great no, question. I mean, <laughs> trick question. <laughs> no, I mean, there's so many other stories to be told. I'm not personally like a huge superhero movie gal, um, but I, I, I mean, I think that there are a lot of other stories to be told. So we probably do have too many superhero movies right now in, in, in U.S. media. Um, so I guess I agree with, uh, with Bob. Okay, so this is my point of view, and this is Daniel's point of view. So that's fine. Uh, we can uh, other people can think otherwise. Uh, this is just uh, our point of views. Uh, so uh, for you guys uh, in India and in uh, in South Africa, which kind of content is the most uh, the most adaptable, if you want? 
Um, see, first of all, for me, I will say content has to resonate with what you want to really watch. You know, sometimes it can be as simple as, you know, something to do with the news and, you know, then spin off becomes a story or sometimes it's a drama or sometimes it's a mythology. You know, it all in India, we have like so many genres. There's not a specific genre that I can pick and choose and say, hey, this is everyone's favorite. No, sometimes it can be thrillers. Sometimes it can be criminal stories, right? But as long as you resonate with the content, I think that's the way to go. I'll give an example. In India right now, I see a huge Japanese anime fans being followed. And it's so much so that, you know, customers like Crunchyroll, uh, who's our customer as well, they've been dubbing in Indian languages for their content and they're getting a huge market because, you know, we have such big population here and then you get suddenly a huge variety of content that can be consumed as well as a huge uh, fan base following you. So it all depends upon, you know, sometimes it's just clicks, you know, sometimes it, it can be any any genre. I won't pick and choose any specific genre, I would say. So, so this is good. So the the people in India are not are not only watching uh, the Bollywood movies; they watch a little bit everything. Wayne, what's going on in uh, in Africa? Well, listen. I mean, I I'd like to just reference some of the stuff. The, America, with with all the 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 Marvel stuff and the and the um, and the and the and the what were you saying? The um, superheroes uh, the superheroes action I mean, listen, movies kids, mainly. Kids, kids i used to wear a superman outfit a batman outfit when i was a kid <laughs> kids are buying kids are buying they're paying the money i mean come on they, this is great business they're selling and and they know where their buyers are so this is amazing but the thing is that um you know you also have to preserve and 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 make movies for everyone else and the thing is that uh and they do uh, South Africa, I think, like I said, we need to dumb down. We need to explain some of our cultures to everybody. We, we've got our history and our past, and we, there's been movies about that. But I'm very interested in future Africa. I'm interested in 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 super the Elon Musk Africa, the 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 future Africa coolness. Some of the Wakanda stuff was there, but I mean that's also a superhero in there. We need to we need to make. Um, all kinds of stories from Africa. There's a rich culture here. It's it's exciting. I mean, and there's so much talent. Our actors aren't as good as all the other actors overseas, I find. I don't want to diss anyone, but we need to work on our micro acting. We need to work on our performances and our film crews are, the, are some of the best in the world. If our actors can match that, I think we'll be winning and making future Africa content. Yeah. So, uh, um, talking about that and following your idea, how the dubbing industry in, in your country's continent is following the, the, the production of movies and taking this production of movies as a reference. So obviously, like we said earlier, Hollywood is a newcomer in the dubbing business. Uh, it's an emerging country. But they have a huge advantage. They know about movies because they watch that all their life. Uh, they know about sound. Uh, they know about recording. So this is this is a plus to start. Uh, 
now uh, Bollywood is also producing movies for a long time, uh, a lot of songs. Uh, and I'm jumping directly to you, Wayne. In Africa, uh, there is probably, it's probably the place where you have the, the least uh, expertise in, 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 in sound. And I hope I don't offend anybody by no, saying I, that. I, um, because I realized that when I was in uh, in uh, in South Africa last time, so that's for you an uh, an additional uh, difficulty, you know, because you don't you have less of a reference. Absolutely, Jacques. We we had, I mean, me getting into dubbing here, I had no reference. I had no guide. There was no manual. Uh, this was 2010. I started dubbing. Got a massive job. I was there, I was producing a lot of music for a lot of bands, doing a lot of commercials, writing jingles for TV myself, and had this massive dubbing opportunity. This is how I got into it. It was about 2010, and I had to make the manual. We were I was dubbing with papers everywhere, scripts, highlighters. Oh I my bought goodness. a printer, I was printing stuff, I was recording a series and two movies on my own at a time. I had no staff. And, and there was no, like you say, there was no technology, no guidebook. Um, I, I scoured the internet. I was crazy. I stayed up all night for many nights. <laughs> I actually got totally sick. I went to hospital. I was working five o'clock in the morning till five o'clock in the morning. And we landed a massive contract. I started hiring staff. We built this business up like that, but we moved into all the different variations we used ipads then we found out about rhythmo band we were like oh my god amazing we <laughs> we so we had to we had to sort of you know i, I met the right people i, I worked for adrenaline uh, as as a as a provider as a vendor for them for so many years and then me and john like fell in love we were like brothers and i admired him so much and then we became partners and i brought him in and we he has shown us a lot of stuff, although we we developed so many cool systems on our own without having a reference that we actually share systems and we, we integrate together. That's good. But yeah, there's there's no there was no standard. Now we know yes. all the standards, we, we worked all the standards and formats. Um, but in South Africa, it's pretty unknown. And obviously we keep our business secrets to ourselves. We don't share them with everyone, but it would be it would be a beautiful thing to actually make it almost an open source thing. You know, I think I will propose EGA to do uh, another podcast on on the technology all over the world because we never did that. We talk about AI and I was in a, a few podcasts uh, about AI, about the emerging market, about dubbing, about casting, but we never talked about uh, mm. the different uh, processes, the different technology all over the world. And I think uh, we should do that for the next time. So guys, I don't know if you realize that we are talking for uh, 39 minutes. So it was like a, a breeze. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry to have to, to close this, <laughs> this podcast because it was great. Uh, and, um, you know, I hope we can do that uh, again. Uh, 
uh, and uh, next time we'll talk a little bit more about uh, different things. You know, uh, technology it's a, it's a good it's a good subject. Uh, I would like also to talk to AI about your different countries because I did a podcast lately on AI that was well received. But AI is spreading so fast that we can talk a lot about that. Uh, so, Gioti, uh, thank you very much. Daniel, thank you very much. Wayne, thank you very much. Guys, it was a pleasure to have you there. And this was going global with local from our telling stories for the clubhouse. Thank you very much and see you next time. Join us next time when we share more stories about elevating the art and science of global storytelling.